Football is back, and BetMGM is inviting new customers to join the huddle and enjoy the action like never before. Sign up today using bonus code CHAMPION, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. You'll also have instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, player props, and boosted odds specials. Just download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code CHAMPION and place your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. The Bet MGM app is the perfect way to experience the excitement of wagering on live sports now in more markets than ever. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. Great to have you here this morning. Open your Bibles to Matthew. We're going to look there in just a, a minute as, uh, as we get ready for today. Uh, I want to move this up here. We're so glad you have joined us today to be a part of our series that we're continuing today called Under God. And this series is all about how we, uh, we are to walk with God, we're to walk with Him no matter what our nation faces, no matter what the outcome of the election may be, whether you like it or not. We are one nation that is to be under one God, and one God that we serve rather than the serving of men. We are under the authority of leaders here on this earth, we are under the authority of our nation's leaders. However, we are not subservient to our nation's leaders. We are subservient. We serve our God. Everybody says, right? And that's what we've been doing in this series. We've been learning and discovering that uh, as one people under God, that, that we've been given a mandate by God in order to uphold some certain truths and some certain things for the good life that God has given us. And at times when we stand for certain things and when we adhere to certain things, it may, line up, it may not line up with what the world says, but it lines up with what his word says. I'm going to say that's right. That's right. may not line up with what the world says, but it lines up with what God's word says. In a generation of cancel culture... In a generation where if you don't like it, you can nix it, and it's not true. This does not play well with God's word. Hello? Just because you don't like it, just because I don't like it, just because I don't want to believe it, does not make it untrue. What is true is what is found in his word and what he says we will adhere to. Now, this doesn't speak well. This doesn't preach well. This is not a popular, cultural, relevant message. It's one that I think and I pray has challenged your hearts. It's challenged me. It's given me a sense of, uh, of loyalty, a sense of duty, a sense of knowing that uh, my desire as a man is to, first and foremost, I'm under the serving and who God has called me to be. So many of us today, we, we let the world push us. 
We let the world tell us what we are to believe, and yet sometimes it's very contrary to what God says we're to believe. And that's what this series has been all about. This series has been about taking the Pledge of Allegiance and the last two lines of the Pledge of Allegiance, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I've been focusing in and zeroing in on them. And today I'm going to kind of bring it all together and kind of wrap everything up as we kind of move forward. Before we do, if you would, would you please stand with me as we recite our Pledge of Allegiance to our country uh, for the great men and women who gave their life and sacrifice for each one of us. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. You may be seated. <clears throat> Father, thank you for this day that you've given us. Thank you for your word. May it speak life into us today. May you open our hearts to hear this message today that I believe is the timely message that you are to let us hear today. I believe that God, such a timely message, most, one of probably the most timely messages I could ever preach today, God, let it speak to hearts and encourage lives, I pray in Jesus' name. One hot summer day, a Navy ship was out on the ocean, and they were, they were uh, doing their duty by looking for any abandoned ships or anything, and off in the distance, they see smoke rising. And so they get to the uh, uncharted island that they didn't know was there, and they notice that there were three huts, and they, they, they pull in, and they, they take their little boats, and they get on shore, and, and a man runs up, and he's like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much. It has been five years I've been uh, stranded here. And they're looking around. They go, well, you know, we see three huts. What are there, is anybody else here with you? He says, no, no, no. One is my house where I live, and the other one is my church I attend on Sundays, and the last one is the church I used to attend until the preacher offended me. <laughs> Today I want to talk with you about, our first week we talked about we are one nation one nation, one spiritual nation, that we are ambassadors sent from heaven, that we are to represent Christ. And everywhere we go, I said, yes, while we are Americans, above all, we are what? We are Christians. We are Christians to represent Christ everywhere we go. What we say, what we do, how we behave, what we put on social media, how we behave on the, the, uh, all the different uh, modes that we communicate with. We are to represent Christ because we are ambassadors sent from heaven. Our first week was one nation. Second week was we are under God, that we will not, sub we will not submit to to men, but we will submit to Christ and to God alone. I talked about how King Nebuchadnezzar built the golden idol and said, when the trumpet sound, you are to bow. And three Hebrew children, whenever else bowed low, they stood tall and they said, we will not bow because we will not serve you, king. We serve one God and one God alone. We know that at the end of the story, God brought them out. God saved them. Not only did God save them, but God opened King Nebuchadnezzar's eyes to the one true God, and that is who we are to represent. The third week we talked about we are indivisible. We are not divided. We are to be unified as one, as a Christian body, that we are to be unified in spirit and in truth, that we are to speak and we are to talk and we are to communicate things that bring unity 
in our families and in our community and in our nation. That we should be the examples out front bringing about unity. Then last week we talked about justice for all and we talked about this thing called truth. But not only do we have truth, we have the grace of God. Truth and grace, that we are to speak truth and we are supposed to speak about his grace. Well, polls are closing and are closed. Verdicts have come down the road. It's not over yet. We know that. There's a lot of things that are up in the air. It brings a lot of anxiety, a lot of tension, a lot of conflict into our world. Some of you here today, the person you voted for won. Others of you, the person you voted for didn't win. Others of you that voted for, you wrote your name on the ballot. You won because you voted for yourself, right? World full of tension, world full of chaos. No more, no, no, never before in the history of the country do we see the divisiveness and the separation of our country that there is. Very separated nation. We're to be one nation under God indivisible, yet we're very divided. We're very much at conflict. But today I want to kind of go on a road to help us as not Americans, but as Christians to be who God has called us to be. It is really uh, the driving purpose behind God that he would use us to bring about, in some way, peace. We are called to bring about, in some way, somehow, a place of peace. Don't believe me? Here's what it says. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Jesus is talking, and Jesus is uh, talking about different attitudes in the world, different uh, uh, expressions in the world and emotions in the world. And here's what he says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Jesus says this. Read it with me. Blessed are the what? Blessed are the? For they will what? Be called children of God. Who's called children of God? The peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are called the children of God. They are called the children of God. Now, that blessed are the peacemakers, if you translate it in the Greek, it's Irene. If you translate it in the Hebrews, it's shalom. Peacemaker, shalom. In, um, in the Jewish culture, when they greet you and whenever they leave, they say shalom. Sabbat shalom. They, shalom is not just it, shalom means peace, but shalom does not mean peace by the absence of bad. No. Shalom means peace in you wish the greatest good upon people. The greatest good. Shalom means that we are wishing and, and, and believing for the greatest good on humanity. My gosh, if we don't need this today, when in time have we ever needed it more than today in our world today? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children 
of God. Now, understand something today. There's a difference between peacekeepers and peacemakers. Those two are not the same. And I would dare to say that many of you in this place, you are peacekeepers, but not necessarily peacemakers. You say, what do you mean? Well, here's what a peacekeeper does. Peacekeepers often avoid conflict in order to keep the peace. Peacekeepers say, you know what? I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to get anybody upset, so I'm just not going to say anything at all. I'm just going to kind of sit back here and just observe and never say anything at all. Peacekeepers are what a lot of American soldiers are doing in foreign countries. They're peacekeepers. They're on a peacekeeping mission. You've heard that be said. They're not there to make conflict. They're there just to keep things calm. But remember that God didn't say, blessed are the peacekeepers. He said, blessed are the peace, what? The makers of peace. What is the difference? Peacekeepers avoid conflict to keep the peace. Peacemakers will embrace conflict in order for there to be peace. Now, some of you today are saying, what is he saying? Are we going to rise up a revolt? No. I'm saying that sometimes in relationships, take away aside from our country, in relationships, we have to at times confront uncomfortable situations in order that we might find peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Write this down in your notes. We are not just Americans. We are not just Christians. We are to be Christ-centered. Center of our life, the center of our world, Jesus is to be the center And as a peacemaker, here's what it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 17 and 18 through 21. It says, do not repay, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you. Live at peace with everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Peacemakers, Christ-centered, believers that know where their line needs to be. So how do we become peacemakers? I got three thoughts I want to give to you today. Three thoughts of how we can become peacemakers First off is this, tell the truth in love. Tell the truth in love. Ephesians 4.15 says, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Jesus. We will tell the truth in love. We will not yell the truth in love. We will not manipulate the truth in love. We will not uh, convince others about what the truth is. We will tell the truth in love. How do we do that? How do, we, how do we tell the truth in love? Well, first off, let me say this. There's going to be conflict when you try to tell the truth in love. There's going to be conflict. When you try to confront a situation with a friend or with a family member or with someone you love, there's going to be a tension that's going to come into the room. 
So how do we overcome that? Well, it comes down to terminology. It comes down to how we say what needs to be said. Those of you who are married know exactly what I'm talking about. You know what it means. Terminology is everything. When you're trying to bring about a resolve or find peace, man, terminology is everything. And all of you say, all of you know what I'm talking about, right? You've been in those things when you've said the wrong things, gentlemen. And you didn't know you said the wrong thing. In fact, you thought you said the right thing. But oh, were we wrong. Right? Tell the truth in love. So how do we, term, how do we communicate? How do we say it? Well, first off, let me just give you some things you don't say. You don't say, I hate it when you... Uh, I you always, you never, you, 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 it's you. Not a good way to start the conversation. You make me feel bad. Well, maybe you feel bad because that's just something that you're struggling with inside of you. Instead, terminology should be feeling-based, emotion-based. I don't know if you meant to, but what you said, what that you said to me, that, that hurt my heart, that, that affected me, that bothered me. I don't know if you meant to, but that's, it hurt me, it bothered me. When you don't listen, when you don't listen, and you don't pay attention to me, then it, it bothers me. You've totally ruined the whole communication and truth and love and speech and all that. It doesn't work. But if you say things like, hey, I feel like sometimes, I feel like sometimes you're just not with me in this conversation. Is there anything I can do better to help us out? Like maybe don't talk while I'm trying to put the kids to bed. Maybe don't talk while I'm trying to make supper. Let's not talk about finances when we're out to dinner at an expensive restaurant. <laughs> right? Speak the truth in love, and how we do that is by not directional, but personally own feelings about what we're going through. Second thing is, not only do we tell the truth in love, but second thing is, we apologize when we're wrong. That's a big one. We apologize when we're wrong. Relationships are tough. But the fact is, there are just times from the man's side and the woman's side and the kid's side and the teen's side that you just need to say, I'm sorry, I missed it. I've had to apologize to many people in my life. I've had to apologize to my wife. I've had to apologize to my kids. I've had to apologize to friends and family and coworkers. I've had to apologize for many, many things. Why? Because I've hurt them. There were times I didn't realize I even did. There were times that I didn't realize I did, but when it was brought to my attention, quick to respond, not defensively, and that's hard. I don't know about you, but that's very hard. It's always this, when you get, when you get kind of confronted in something, you know, you're talked to in something, you know what you do? You try to find the same thing about them. Well, you know what you do. You do this. It's redirecting. 
redirecting the conversation instead of owning where the conversation is at. Admit whenever we have specific things that we're sorry about, maybe verbalize what those things are we're sorry about. I like the blanket, I'm sorry. What are you sorry for? I just know I love you and I'm so sorry. I don't know what I'm sorry for, but it's something I'm sure I did, did wrong. Be nice to be specific about it. Michelle and I have had to try to learn that. See, there's a difference between remorse and repentance. Remorse is I got caught and now I got to make it clean and kind of clean it up. Repentance is a true internal from the depths of our hearts. Forgive me. I know that I was wrong. I hurt you. I harmed you in some way. And for that, would you forgive me? And would you give me another chance? So we tell the truth in love. We apologize when we're wrong. We apologize when we're wrong. If something comes down the pipe to you and you get hit when you get slapped with it, it hurts, but it leads to my third point. This was peacemakers do. Peacemakers forgive and let go. Now, this one I want you to really hear because this is going to be the one that will reverberate in the next few weeks and months as far as our nation goes, as far as family relationships goes. Thanksgiving and Christmas will come up, and you're going to be with somebody that God help you if politics come into the, the conversation and you have people of opposite communication or opposite viewpoints. There is a turkey leg going to be thrown at somebody this, this Thanksgiving, right? Forgive and let go. We're going to forgive where people are at, the pain and suffering where they're at, and the pain and suffering we're at, and we're going to let go. Now, I know some of you may say, well, Pastor Kevin, that's really easy for you to preach. I'm sure that you don't have the same problems that I have. You haven't been hurt the way I have been. You haven't been taken advantage of the way I've been taken advantage of. You haven't seen the atrocities. You haven't seen the hurt that I have been. And, and I, would, I would definitely say to you, I probably haven't. Not exactly what you've had. But there is one thing that's universally true with every single person in this place. The universal truth that is absolutely can speak to every one of our hearts is that we've all been betrayed. We've all been hurt. Somebody's lied about us. Someone has said things about us. Someone has talked behind our back. Someone has broken trust with us. Someone has possibly abused us or taken advantage of us in some way, shape, or form. Can we just be real? We're all in the universal place of betrayal, right? Hello? Are you all hearing me? And because we're all coming from the same place, when Christ speaks to a Christ-centered life, he's speaking to all of us. He's not speaking to just me. He's not speaking to your husband or to your wife or to your kids. He's not speaking to your neighbor. He's not speaking to your crazy aunt who's going to be at Thanksgiving. He's speaking to all of us, right? And this is what, this is what he says. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 says it this way. We are to bear with each other and forgive one another. We're to forgive one another. If any of you have, has a grievance against someone. Now, stop right there. That means somebody has done something wrong to you. 
They've grieved you. They've hurt you. They've harmed you. They've said things about you. They've talked about you. They've hurt you in some way. If you have a grievance with anyone, it says what? Forgive as the Lord forgave what? Us. Now, I'll forgive them. I'll forgive them when they come beg me for forgiveness. When they come and say, I'm sorry I hurt you. I'm sorry I took advantage of you. I'm sorry I betrayed you. Then I'll let it go. No, that's not. Go back. That's not what the scripture says. Go back to it. The scripture says to bear with each other, to bear with each other, and to forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. It does not say you forgive because they came and told you, would you forgive me? I hurt you. That boss that took advantage of you, you have to forgive them. Why do you have to forgive them? Because we forgive because we have been what? Forgiveness is a gift. Not that you give to the person. It's the gift you give to yourself. Forgiveness frees you from the cancer of bitterness the hatred that can rise up inside of your heart. Forgiveness is something that we extend to the people that are most closest to us. Well, you don't know what they said, and man, you don't know, you don't know what my wife did or what my husband did to me. You don't get it. No, I, I don't get it, but I know one who did. I know one who went to the cross. I know one who had every right when he was suspended between heaven and earth. He had every right to look down and go, there's not one of these guys going to come to me. But guess what? I'm forgiving them anyway. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Started at the cross. It was the gift of love, the gift that Christ gave to every single one of us. Jesus said it this way. Someone hits you on the cheek. What are you supposed to do? Turn the other cheek and forgive them and walk away. Well, I ain't no doormat. I ain't gonna let them walk all over me. That's not what he said. He said, you're to forgive and let go. He says, if someone needs a shirt, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to give them your coat as well. You're to go above and beyond to forgive and to release. It's the greatest gift you give to yourself. Well, they deserve to pay. They need to be paid. Let God deal with that. Let God deal with that. Your gift to yourself is the gift of forgiveness. I have two kids. I remember growing up, watching them grow up. They'd be getting these little fights, little verbal things, you know. They get upset. <coughs> they get upset with each other. I remember thinking like when I heard it, that as a father, how that hurt my heart as a father. That two individuals who I know love each other, I know they're not perfect, but as a father they gave life to them, I want them to find peace and make peace. I think sometimes that's the father's heart for all of us. We're fighting, we're bickering, think about it. 
we're not getting along with each other. We're, we're picking out things we don't like about them. And well, they did this and they did that. And we're not forgiving each other. We're not giving room for grace at all. There's no room for grace. There's no room for grace to be poured out. Why? Because we think we have a right. We have a right to be hurt. And because I'm hurt, I can then take it out on whoever I want to take it out on. And that's not what Jesus said. If that was the attitude, think about Jesus. He had that attitude with us. Think about that. If Jesus had the same attitude that sometimes we had towards people that have hurt us, oh my. He would never have went to the cross because he would have said, there's no way I'm dying for those guys because they're nothing but take advantage of me and I, I die for them, they're just going to take advantage. He would never go. But you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, I will go to the cross. I will die. I will lay down my life because everyone needs forgiveness and I am giving the gift of amazing forgiveness. Tell the truth in love. Apologize when you're wrong. <clears throat> and apologize before you're confronted that you're wrong. If you know you did something wrong, apologize for it quickly. The last one, forgive and let go. Forgive and let it go. It doesn't mean you're excusing away their behavior. It doesn't mean that you've acknowledged that they're okay, and because they're okay, well, they'll be fine. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you let it go because it's the gift that God gave to you in grace and his forgiveness that comes to you. Bow your heads with me today. Father, help us today. Help us today, God. In a world full of chaos, in a world full of craziness, in a world that's so full of turmoil. God, it'd be real easy to get caught up in the emotion, be caught up in the passion and the political stance, and we would, it'd be so easy to get caught up and get, get tentious. But God, I pray first and foremost, we are above all, above Americans. God, we are Christians, and we are Christ-centered ambassadors sent from heaven to this place to our community, to the people around us. So Lord, I pray right now, let us be not peacekeepers, but peacemakers. Sometimes, God, the path to peace is through the conflict. It's through, it's through the, the hard things of life. So Lord, I pray that you just guide and direct us. You bow your heads as your heads are bowed here this morning. Some of you today, you need to give forgiveness. You've held on to that bitterness. You've held on to that, that hate. You've held on to that pain for so long. The greatest gift you're going to give today is forgiveness. You need his peace. You need his comfort. You need his strength. So as we sing this song, we're going to come back and pray in just a moment. As we sing it, just let it speak to your heart today. Peace, bring it all to peace. The storm surrounding me, let it break. At your name, call the sea to stay. Raging me, you're still everywhere at your name, Jesus, Jesus.
someone in your life because they've hurt you in some way. You need to forgive someone that has maybe taken advantage of you and betrayed you in some way. Right here in this moment, in this time. That's you. Would you just lift your hands all across this place? Just lift them up today. And I want you right now with your hand raised, I want you to say, God, Teach me how to forgive. Teach me how to let it go. Teach me how to forgive my father, my mother, my, my aunts, my uncles, or my family members. God, teach me how to forgive my spouse. Teach me how to forgive my kids. Teach us 
how to forgive our bosses, how to forgive our friends, how to forgive those who have hurt us, God. With hands raised, we ask you, God, teach us. Teach us how to forgive. And not just forgive, but to let it go. And we receive the gift of forgiveness. Because Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. You make it run in fear. Because your light and your love shines so great. The light that the shadows can't deny. Your name cannot be overcome. Your name is alive and forever lifted high. Your name cannot be overcome. Come on, sing that again. Your name is a light that the shadows can't your name cannot be overcome. Your name is the light forever lifted high. Your name cannot be overcome. All right, come on, sing it now, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkeokuk.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.